In my sermon two weeks ago, we explored how the ancient practice, Japanese practice of kintsugi, golden repair, might reshape our understanding of who God is and how God is at work restoring our world. Kintsugi, you'll remember, is the slow and patient art of visibly mending and repairing broken pottery. And if you want to put the first slide up. <laughs> we made it again. After a bowl is broken, as you can see above, every shattered piece is carefully collected and lovingly glued back together with resin dusted with gold. Nothing is lost. Nothing is discarded or thrown away. And since my sermon, I have become quite obsessed with actually finding one of these kintsugi bowls. And if you put up the second slide. And this past Wednesday, I finally found one out in Leola with a dear friend. And I drove out there before the storm on Wednesday to pick it up. And I have to tell you, it is a thing of such exquisite beauty that I never want just a complete flawless bowl ever again. And I was so enthused by the beauty of this that I took it with me on pastoral care visits the rest of the week and showed it to any family members who were interested. I was like a kid at a show and tell in school. And since then also in my quiet times with God, I have held this in my cupped hands and I have sensed some questions rising to the surface. What if God wants to pour gold into all of our broken places? What if God is able to lovingly use everything, every broken piece in our lives, every jagged edge to make us more beautiful, more vulnerable, more whole than we ever were before? What if? In our scriptures this Advent, we keep meeting a God who believes that nothing that is broken and shattered ever has to stay that way forever. And so we've heard about lions and lambs sleeping together, about shoots growing from dead stumps, about streams flowing in deserts, about crocuses blooming in the wilderness, and today 
the story of the gloriously impossible birth of the little child in Bethlehem. In our readings, we meet a God who is playing a very, very long game. And we learn that the scope and the reach of God's intended restoration is nothing short of universal, encompassing all people, all things, all creation. And today, we are remembering how with the birth of this little child in Bethlehem, a new and culminating chapter in God's restoration story is beginning. In Jesus, God is pouring gold into the brokenness of our world. Love to the loveless shown that we might lovely be. I invite you to turn in your bulletin insert to the first chapter of Matthew's Gospel. And as you can see, he begins quite unpromisingly with a 42-generation genealogy. I mean, really, can you imagine a less inspiring way to begin the story of Jesus? Should we perhaps send Matthew to a writer's workshop? But the thing is, commentators tell us that actually Matthew knows exactly what he's up to here. His audience is a Jewish community 2,000 years ago that is struggling to integrate their Jewish roots with their new faith in Jesus, the Messiah. And Matthew is helping them to see how through Jesus, God is now pouring gold into the brokenness of their people. And along the way, Matthew is also showing us that God's restoration story has been gathering in some pretty scandalous people. Back in his day, genealogies almost never included women, but Matthew includes five. And you can see their names highlighted there. The first four are either Gentile outsiders, victims of injustice, or survivors of sexual assault. Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and the wife of Bathsheba, or excuse me, the wife of Uriah, who is Bathsheba. Matthew is showing us here that there is no one who is not counted and told in God's story. And he's preparing us for the astonishing way that God is about to enter our world through a child born not in a palace but in a stable. A child born to a woman who is engaged but not yet married and whose fiancé Joseph we meet 
today. In our story, an angel comes to Joseph in a dream. Right after all of his carefully play, laid plans lie shattered on the ground. His carefully laid plans of marriage with Mary. And the angel tells him, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Because it's especially in our times of disorientation that we are most accessible to God and most able to receive the gold that God wants to pour into our lives. And so today when Joseph wakes up, he chooses to do something eternally significant. He chooses to quietly marry his scandalous but sacred bride. To take her child as his son. In the video I shared with you this past week, we traveled all the way to Japan, to the tiny workshop of a Kintsugi artisan. The next slide, please. When something is perfect, the artisan said, it doesn't need anything or anyone anymore. Let me say that again. When something is perfect, it doesn't need anything or anyone anymore. In contrast, he says, I find flaws can be thrilling. I am obsessed, the artist said, with the beauty in broken things. I am obsessed with the beauty in broken things. You see, in Kintsugi, the damage, the scars are never hidden, disguised, or erased, but instead filled in with veins of gold to make something more beautiful, more vulnerable, and more whole. The next slide. In the same way, God our maker, our mender, our restorer, does not turn away from the trauma and brokenness in our lives. In Jesus, God comes to be with us, with us, Emmanuel. Not to fix us, but to make us into a new creation where every part of our lives is lovingly and visibly integrated, including our jagged scars and our deepest wounds. Love came down at Christmas. Love to the loveless shown that we might lovely be. The next slide. And let us never forget that after our Lord's resurrection, his scars were not erased or hidden away. Touch them, he says to Thomas. Trace the places where God has poured gold into my 
broken body. Next slide. In the same way, 2,000 years later, what if our central witness to the world is to invite everyone to see the places where God has poured gold into our shattered and jagged places? Sadly, the church's witness is often See how perfect and flawless I am, we are. What would our witness be if this were our witness? To paraphrase 2 Corinthians 4, 7, we are all broken jars of clay being lovingly restored by God. We are all kintsugi. Next slide. That's a beautiful picture of East Chestnut Street Mennonite Church. We are all kintsugi. And friends, may this reality transform the way we see the world and the way that we see every single person we meet this week. Because nothing is ever lost on the breath of God. Nothing. And no one, no one exists who is not counted and told in God's story. Amen.